I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The world we inhabit is not as free, or certain, or safe as you might think. The things that you believe to be unassailably evident are little more than shadows dancing behind a curtain, a masquerade crafted and dutifully upheld by an organization known as the Foundation. The file you are about to hear contains containment procedures, descriptions, testing logs, historical and in some cases first-hand accounts of the anomalous objects the Foundation serves to secure, contain, and protect. Its contents have been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Item number 5437, Level 5, Top Secret. Containment Class, Safe. Disruption Class, Vlam. Risk Class, Caution. Special Containment Procedures. The area surrounding Provisional Site 5437 has been cordoned off under the auspices of an archaeological site owned by Foundation Front Company, Bartak Expeditions. Standard security and trespassing protocol is enforced. The carcass of SCP-5437-1 has been transferred to Foundation Facility Site-40 for research purposes. Description SCP-5437 is a prehistorical religious complex located approximately 30 kilometers west of Paraguay, Paraguay. The exterior of the anomaly combines known elements of primitive fifthist and pre-classical Mesoamerican architecture. It is hypothesized that the anomaly was constructed sometime between 4100 and 3100 BC and saw usage until the start of the 3rd millennium BC. Research has shown that the anomaly's sole anomalous property is its ability to preserve biological matter for abnormal amounts of time, causing it to decay at an excessively low rate. The approximate size of the anomaly is unknown. The majority of the structure is located underground, and several hidden chambers and hallways have been uncovered behind the complex walls. Aside from these branching rooms, the anomaly is mainly composed of a spiraled staircase that leads to a spacious foyer approximately 86 meters beneath the surface. Colored parietal art lines the foyer walls arranged in sequential order to display a religious narrative. An analysis of these petrographs can be found in Addendum 5437.1. An unknown syllabic and logographic writing system is engraved underneath the artwork. They remain untranslated, leaving analysis of the painting's contents largely to speculation. The hypothesized purpose of this cathedral area is to serve as a place of worship, for SCP-5437-1. Dash 1 is the carcass of a massive aphyroidic entity cataloged as a large-scale aggressor. The entity is green in coloration and has five thin arms that sprout from its center, each measuring approximately 20 meters in length. 
Dash 1 largely resembles an ophiuroid, but possesses hundreds of eyes on its central body disc. Dating techniques have failed to provide any discernible information regarding Dash 1's age. Dash 1's skin is incapable of being penetrated, even by anomalous means. As such, all attempts to dissect or examine the biological structures of Dash 1 have failed. No secondary anomalous effects have been observed. Access Addendum 5437.1 Petrograph Analysis Petrograph 1 Description An entity resembling LSA-1 is engaged in combat with an out-of-frame tentacled entity, of which only four tentacles are painted. Beneath this scene, a tentacle is drawn emerging from the sky as several entities hypothesized to be LSAs are falling to the ground. Petrograph 2 Description Several scenes show the entities that fell from the sky being worshipped by prehistorical civilizations. An eel-like entity hovers over a sacrificial altar built in the ocean. An ankylosaurid stands on top of a volcano as human figures surround it. A large group of men construct what is assumed to be SCP-5437 around Dash-1. Five men are seen standing near Dash-1's arms, which touch the tips of their heads. Petrograph 3 Description Each entity is depicted in a state of rest. Below this, the human figures that constructed the anomaly are shown to be dead, turned onto their backs. The eyes of Dash-1 are closed. A visage of LSA-1 covers the remainder of the mural. Petrograph 4 Description A logographic calendar system spans the wall, written in a circular fashion. While the system used is indiscernible, several key symbols related to farming, the sun, and numerology indicate that the mural represents a calendar. At the center of the painting is LSA-1, standing over a human settlement. At the bottom of the calendar, LSA-1 is depicted as deceased. Several figures gather around the carcass of the entity, each holding an item associated with occult rituals, such as a human skull, a ceremonial knife, and a cup of blood. Petrograph 5 Description Scenes of man-made structures burning and being destroyed by LSAs frame the mural. In the center, LSA-1 larger than before, is now shown engaging in combat with the LSA entities that were depicted as resting. A thunderstorm is painted above the battle. Beneath this, LSA-1 is shown tearing a serpentine entity apart with its tentacles and throwing its body into the sun. Several entities who are not pictured as deceased stand around LSA-1. In the final sequence, LSA-1 sits atop a large settlement as human figures venerate themselves before the entity. Access Addendum 5437.2 Interview Log Date 17 April 1998 Forward After Fithis motifs were observed during the exploration of the anomaly and analysis of its artwork, Site Director Dr. Tobias Othello consulted with retired Foundation historian researcher Emil Metcalf. Metcalf specialized in the study of fifthism for nearly three decades 
following the belief system's discovery in 1969. Metcalf was put on paid leave following an incident in 1991, wherein he exhibited signs of being neurologically affected by fifthism. In the years that followed, Metcalf has been given significant psychological therapy and treatment, being declared fit to work in 1997. Begin Log Dr. Othello enters the room. Metcalf stands to shake his hand, but quickly retracts himself and sits back down. It's been a while, sir. I've already been briefed. I know where this is going. Toby, I told you I don't want anything to do with this garbage. Not anymore. It wasn't my call. They wanted an expert on fifthism. You're the closest thing. And what makes you so sure this is fifthist? I've seen the pictures. Five murals, the corpse of a brittle star. It's surface level. It's superficial. It's not fifthist. That's why you're being called in. We want to bring you aboard, help us analyze the anomaly and figure out what it really is. You have to admit, you can make aesthetic connections. And that's exactly why I don't believe this is a fifth creation. I'll come along, but your superiors won't get what they're expecting. Some grand fifthist revelation about the anomaly's ancient origins. Something so counterintuitive to the very idea of fifthism, it's laughable. I have to wonder if my work on the subject has ever been read. If it's the mere sight of a starfish that's calling me in. Well, sir, I've read a bit back in Brussels. That was years ago, but it stuck with me. What about High Brazil? You've seen the paintings. That's the crocus squid. Five tentacles, five eyes, come on. I was there. That's why I'm really here, aren't I? You were there? In 1988? Before you ask, my... My incidents happened later. I'm alright. Sorry to hear that, sir. I didn't have any idea. Do you think it's a tragedy? Hi, Brazil? Come again? Do you think it's better they had died together with others? I'm not sure what you mean, sir. You wouldn't, Toby. I guess I'm here for a reason. Maybe you'll come to a conclusion in the coming months. You have my assistance. Whatever you need me to do, I can help with. When I saw it, yes, there's something here, perhaps. Thank you, sir. How does research head sound? There's about 25 of us here, give or take. Not a lot to manage. It'd take a workload off of me. I mean, we can even set your office up in the foyer if you'd like. Whatever accommodation allows me to carry out tasks in the most efficient way is fine. End log. Access addendum. 5437.3. Collected journal entries of researcher Metcalf. April 19th, 1998. Darnell helped me move the majority of my possessions to the cathedral area. I have a bed, a desk, my archives, and all the proper equipment I'd need. I'm still not entirely sure what my purpose here is. I've toured through half of the structure, taking photographs, notes, and placing markers. Find a fifthest angle, I was told. Find or create. I remind myself of the inexplicable ties the structure has to the souls who perished ten years prior. As heaven poured out below, I could not see its eyes or its arms. 
Despite my life's work, my thoughts weren't on the virus of the mind, or the way it transmutes, or a world above our own. I was faced with the terror of the Aztec, bearing witness to the technology of European conquerors, of the man who entrenches himself in the world of the anomalous for the first time, of the Neanderthal, seeing beasts larger than he can hunt. I did not think in terms of anomalies and normalities. I did not think at all. I know it's true that there's work to be done. April 21st, 1998. Eventful day in the catacombs. Eventful night. I've walked all that we've cataloged, even the curious hidden passages and chambers. Most of my time is spent cataloging, dating, and observing artifacts we unearth. It's quite comforting work given my former fields. Maite, a clearly green, kind girl, assists me by bringing objects to my office which I do not leave for hours at a time. Its situation in between the arches of a long hallway makes me feel as if I've lived here my whole life. I'm surprised the request to move it here was even approved. It's possible, given my tendency to absorb myself fully in my task, that previous experience was taken into account. There is little difference between this site and a regular archaeological dig. Like a jungle film serial or comic, I feel as if I'm living out the fantasies of my youth. Instead of the brave safari leader, I've taken the role of the aged professor. I've even started dressing the part. April 22nd, 1998. The case of the murals remain. I've put off my duties for the day, as a research head can, to study them. The story they tell is evident. A legion of beasts cast from heaven descend to earth to be worshipped as gods. For whatever reason, they collectively hibernate. Do they become victims of time, or are they awaiting judgments? Upon the arrival of a greater beast, they awaken. A war is waged, and the lesser beasts venerate their new leader, as does humanity itself. I, of course, observe this through the eyes of a historian as I would any religious myth. However, there is a luxury seldom achieved by someone who entrenches themselves into the unknown. I looked at the corpse. I had been avoiding it until now. April 24th, 1998. Happy anniversary, Patricia. I still love you. April 27th, 1998. I feel as if I haven't seen another soul in weeks, despite talking to my colleagues daily. Maite has started bringing me food. She's a wonderful cook. There's something fascinating about the effects of this anomaly. Matter decays at a slower rate. Death is, for a time, prolonged. In retrospect, I'm surprised I was allowed to stay down here. I'm a willing subject, yes, but there's been a recent push for more ethical testing conditions within the Foundation. I think it's still happening. April 30th, 1998. How long did that carcass take to die? 
These entities almost certainly live longer than most life, and given the effects of the structure, I'm left only to speculate. Is it dead, or simply in the last stages of its life? Its final seconds protracted into centuries. May 3rd, 1998. Toby informed me he's taking leave soon. I'm not sure when. He said tonight, but who knows when tonight actually is. I can't remember his reasoning. Some sort of conference with his superiors. I'm acting site director now. Could you imagine? Director Metcalf? There's some that would outright join the coalition if they saw that. May 5th, 1998. I haven't slept in... a long time. I'm almost certain it's the lighting. I might move out for a few days. But I realize that would interfere with the minor experiment I have going on with my body. I'm starting to feel anger when I look at the carcass. Secretly, I wish it was alive. I hope it is. The death that being is capable of causing renders it a threat. I was proud to witness the coalition open a hole in the squid's head. Would we have done the same? A gaping hole in the starfish's head. It wants to die, but its own temple forbids it. May 7th, 1998. Kimberly would have been 13 today. May 10th, 1998. I yelled at Maitai. I'm not sure what I said to the poor girl, but I'm too ashamed to think about it. The story on the paintings is solidifying itself more and more in my mind. In 1978, the Russians found a beast in the Arctic. They found its carcass frozen in a tomb. We know nothing about the society that built it. Their sole monument is one of death, a mausoleum for a beast. Did those ancient builders know their work would be forgotten? Why did they construct such beautiful creatures if they would soon die? The summation of their achievements is death. I lay in the tomb of the undying. May 13th, 1998. Patricia asks me what I want for dinner. I tell her I don't want anything out of the ordinary. She laughs and asks if I know where I am. Kimberly enters, eating a luminescent purple ice cream. She hugs me and thanks me for letting her come. I booked us tickets for a dancing show tonight, held in a large arena. I feel the stubs in my pocket. It's a secret. None of them know I purchased them. Another birthday gift to add to Kimmy's infinite pile. I feel the warm, tuathan silk of my couch as I lay my head down for a brief rest. The island is paradise. And then they died. May 15th, 1998. Ordinary day. Found a new passage. May 19th, 1998. I got up in the middle of the day last night. Started walking the halls. 
I went into the hidden chamber and all I saw were corpses. The men who built this temple, the men who didn't, they stretched on for miles. Did they know they would die? Did they paint their murals with a sense of joy? The death, the destruction, the inevitable? Or did they believe they would be spared? May 20, 28th, 1998. It's good they died together. It's good they died when they did. They would have died if they hadn't, because I would have told them to. Thursday. I used to dream. I haven't in months. Every stone in this temple was set by a man whose name is forever lost. I watched myself today. I'm a foundation man. I'm intelligent enough to know when things are awry. They, they aren't, even if they seem that way. My body does my job efficiently and effectively. I maintain composure as I always have. Brief flashes of anger when Maite drops a statue, shattering it into a hundred pieces. Its thousand-year death has finally come to a close. The tomb gains another resident today. I tell her it should have been her. Night. A fifthest concept is hardly fifthest at first glance, but slowly transcends reality. A quote from my first lecture, actually. It's either that or paraphrased a bit. This is not a fifthest concept. I'm fully aware of what's happening here, and I know it's the corpse. It has no secondary anomalous effects. I stepped outside today, just for a bit because I know my mind is torn between walking away and facing the inevitable. It was nighttime, and the sun looks exactly as it did that night in High Brazil when Kimberly and Patricia were trapped under a wall and I saw the blood pooling but could not save them, nor would I want to. I got put on psychiatric watch because I got too close to a tape I shouldn't have listened to and started repeating its ideas. I started writing in this journal because I got too close to a beast I shouldn't have and started parroting its philosophy. If I was to die here, I would die an agonizing slow death. If the people of High Brazil were to die here, they would die extremely fast. Much like the deaths of my dearly, dearly beloveds on that night. That happened. They found a beast in the Arctic. There are large-scale aggressors. There are monsters. I can make myself leave my bed and see one myself. It's in the foyer. The one on the walls. I'm in the temple. On the walls. The squid is on the walls. What's the point of denying it? These things happened. 
They're all going to happen. What happened to its corpse? When the beast died, it did not die, but moved to the next phase of its life, which is resurrection of the body, anastasis. These things will come to pass. Why deny them? I prolong my death because we will all meet the same fate eventually. Toby left because he knew this. I can keep it together, but I'm not doing this anymore. June 17th, 1998. Coffee this morning was too hot. Documented several new artifacts. A chamber pot, some sort of religious statue, and a ceremonial dagger. There's evidence pointing towards a mass grave of human remains. If they killed them in the structure, they must have suffered an incredibly long time. They might have existed for hundreds of years in a dying state before finally expiring. Possibly more due to the effects this structure has on human matter, on decaying matter in the structure. I don't want to die. I'm scared to die. I do not wish to partake in the coming destruction. Like a fool... Like a crazed lunatic, like someone affected by something out of their control, I touched the carcass. I would like to state to the council, to my superiors, to whoever will eventually compile this into a document, I am in full control of my actions, my body's actions and my thoughts and the memories of my loved ones. There is a sort of judgment coming I do not wish to see it, and I know that I have a way out. The best thing about that way out is it's nothing new. It's always been there in the back of my head, like a tiny hole that's been getting bigger and bigger. I know where it goes because I've been there before. The civilization that built this temple does not exist. They did not exist their names do not exist because they never had names in the first place. Where did they go? Why did they leave us? Did they fear it like I do? This is flavor. I am incredibly bored. I don't think anymore. Except when I'm on that island again. Or in that room. I don't mind any of this. It's calming compared to what's to come. Access Addendum 5437.4 Audio Transcript Okay, I'm... Ugh. I'm doing this to prove a point. Maybe to myself, um... <laughs> uh, probably to whoever is going to transcribe this and make and make this into a document. I'm standing in front of the corpse, by the way. I'm sorry. The, uh, the, um, the object. Uh, I forget where I am sometimes. And I have to downplay what this thing actually is. I'm researcher Metcalf, by the way. My writing's a little flowery, so that's... That's why I'm doing it this way. 
Don't you get the wrong impression, and... Uh, you can hear that I'm fine. I got called here because I'm an expert in fifthism. There's some... Um... Connection between this anomaly and fifthism. Or so they say. I don't know, honestly. And I don't really care. Because you see... When people think about fifthism, they have this idea in their head about what it is really and not what it, um, what it actually is. They see the number five or a starfish and they think you start talking nonsense, but that's not the case. It never really is. I haven't said or wrote any nonsense. Go check. I, I'm clearly distressed, but I'm making sense. I think that speaks volumes about the state I'm in. You see, the truth is, Kimberly, when Kim and when Patricia died that night, I was lying to myself. Would you believe how many people I've talked to today? The number of people I've talked to today. <laughs> I won't even say it. It's unbelievable how much things start to make sense when you want them to. I'm looking at the corpse right now. This giant aquatic creature. It's dead, or at least has been for a long time. What do you want from me? To say that it's talking to me and telling me things? That it's alive, that I'm prophetic? That's bullshit. It all is. The reality of... The reality of the situation is that it's dead. Every soul in this temple is dead. There is no beyond. There is no fifth world for you to transcend to. There's nothing. I'm in a sarcophagus. And the death is... It's palpable. It's on the walls, especially. Damn it. I write like an old man, because I am one. That's why I'm doing it this way, through this medium. So, in a house of the dead that still uh, prolongs death, do you know what really scares me? The idea of something coming back. That's why I'm scared of that beast because I saw the GOC blow it to pieces I saw its guts splattered across the land and well and what used to be the land I saw all that and it's still going to come back fifthism is uh, if I had to put it to words it's the sight of your little girl being crushed by debris while you stand there unable to move. It's a beast that uses these arbitrary numbers and symbols to taunt you. It knows what it's doing by, by having that number of body parts. It's a tomb filled with dead built to prolong life. It's two forgotten societies doing the exact same thing halfway across the world from each other. It's the power to resurrect the dead. It's the power to awaken the sleeping. 
It's their blood mixing together, and the coloration is clearly distinct in parts, but... But you're still able to tell them apart. It's knowing that there's a reckoning, and running from it with open arms. I fear. I fear for you all. I'm the coward here. I don't want to live in the world you're going to be. So call me weak. <laughs> there are so many different um, anomalies that I've seen. How many world enders have we seen before? There's a lot. It's a little different when you know it's real and when you know it's about to happen and there's nothing you can do and you know that because it already happened once. I'm staring it in the face. If I were you, I'd kill myself too. I think that's about it. Chalk it up to the right place and the right time. Access Addendum 5437.5 Incident 5437 At midnight 12 on 27 June 1998, SCP-5437-1 released a large emission of Elon Vital Energy, EVE, killing all personnel stationed at Provisional Site 5437 and destroying a significant portion of the anomaly. It is assumed this occurred shortly after researcher Metcalf created the preceding recording. Further investigation found Metcalf's intact, unharmed corpse within the body of Dash 1. This incident occurred within the same time frame of Prometheus Lab's revival of LSA 1 and subsequent awakening of several LSA class entities across the world. This event is cataloged as SCP 5391. As decided by the Hyperion 5 Committee, Dash 1 has been transferred to Foundation Site 40 for research purposes. Precautions related to the petrographs depicted in the anomaly are being taken. Object class reclassification to neutralized is pending. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people.
or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.